0: All right, everybody, welcome to the OTA Aspirations podcast. Um, My guest today was Shannon Jones. Um, She is a classmate of mine, but she is also um, our cohort president. So she's basically like the president of the OTA program with the set of people that we go to school with. Um, I had a really good time talking with her. She is um, not only very articulate, but she's also just a great person to be around and to hang out with. So um, I will get into my interview with her right after this ad break. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second and talk to you about Anchor. Anchor is the distribution service uh, for OTA aspirations. And I just want to share a few things with you about how awesome Anchor has been. They have seriously made this so easy for me to distribute my podcast all over the place. First and foremost, the best thing about them is that they're absolutely free. I don't have to pay for any subscriptions to for them to, to just distribute my podcast everywhere. Uh, that, I think, is probably my favorite thing. But a few other noteworthy things I want to talk about is their creation tools. So you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer using the tools in Anchor. Um, They will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google, um, Stitcher, wherever you hear podcasts, they'll just distribute it automatically for you. And that has made things so much easier for me because I thought I was going to have to make accounts for each of those individual sites and then distribute my podcast one by one. And that would just take a ton of time. So you just plug it into Anchor and they do it for you. You can start making money from your podcast without having a huge amount of listeners. You don't have to be like some amazing podcast, huge worldwide thing. Even if you have just a few listeners, you can start making, um, you can start making money off of your podcasts. Uh, they have everything that you need to make it. It's all right there on the app and on their website. So if you're interested. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome, everybody. Um, Today, we have the privilege of having Shannon with us for the podcast. Thanks for joining us here, Shannon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Um, Shannon is a classmate of mine, um, and she is also, well, I'll have... What, what is your role <laughs> in the cohort? So Shannon has a really special job and I'll <laughs> let her explain it cause I don't really know what it is.
1: Okay. Um, so we have a club and it's kind of mandatory for all of our cohort to be in super fun. Um, the Student Occupational Therapy Association or the Student Occupational Therapy Assistants. Is
0: that it, where soda comes from?
1: Yeah. So that's, it's soda, and I am actually the club president. So.
0: Nice. Yeah. That was a pretty unanimous decision from what I remember.
1: <laughs> well, nobody else really wanted it, I don't think, so.
0: No, I certainly <laughs> <The extra>, did
1: <laughs> The extra responsibility, so.
0: Uh, so what, um, tell me a little bit about, like, from your growing up, so kind of where did Shannon start and what led her to here?
1: Um, I was actually born and raised in South Florida, um, in Fort Lauderdale area, so that's, I believe a little north of Miami, if I remember correctly. When I was 14, we packed up and moved to Lava Hot Springs. Yes. And My mom's from there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Small world for real. Yeah. So I lived there all through high school. Um, and then ISU was not on my plan. It was never where I wanted to go. Um, but just a turn of events. My senior year of high school, my dad passed away. Mm. And... I just, in my head, didn't think it was the right time for me to leave and go far away. So I applied to ISU. Just I figured it'd just be a year of me busting out some gen eds, and then I'd go to where I wanted to go. And here I am, a lot of years later, um, and doing the OTA program. So Nice. What
0: year did you graduate from high school? 14. Oh, okay.
1: So, yeah, I've been doing this college thing for a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: me too. I think happens. <laughs> once we're done here, I will be. I will have done six years of college. I think. So
1: I go. think mine will be seven. Actually,
0: that's a long road. I think. Yeah, it's <laughs> a long but time.
1: Hopefully, this podcast will help some people figure out what they want, so they don't have to do yeah. it the long way yeah. like we that's did. Yeah, really that's my hope too. Yeah.
0: Um, what drew you to <laughs> occupational therapy?
1: Ooh. So I thought I wanted to be a nurse for like my whole college career. I was adamant that I was going to be a nurse especially watching my dad battle cancer I was like this is what I want to do um and I was working as a CNA at a skilled nursing here in town and I just realized my heart wasn't in it and it wasn't really it wasn't what I thought it would be and it wasn't what I had hoped it would be for me at least and I was really lucky to be working at a place where there was OT and PT services Mm -hmm. and I realized that what O T was doing with the patients was what I really wanted. And I mean, it took a little bit of soul searching to throw away that many years of school that I was pursuing, yeah, yeah. you know, that nursing degree, but um I did my shadowing like we all had to do, and I just realized that this was it and this is where my heart was and this is where my passion was and
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. So well I'm glad happened. that <laughs> That's
0: such like a personal connection too that yeah. you have. Oh yeah. Is the death of your dad.
1: Yeah. It's crazy, like how things work out, and in the moment you don't see anything in your future going the way that they that it does, and yeah. then you look back and you're like, "Wow, all that brought me here." So it's kind of it's like a bittersweet feeling to realize that all those times where you were frustrated or hurt or any of that kind of led you to where you're supposed to be. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah I <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
1: So I think I mean we all have that though. I think I think when people go into OT. There's always, like, kind of a personal reason behind it. I don't know anyone who just goes into it because, you know, we all kind of have some reason.
0: And I think, like, OTs are a certain breed of people. And I I really Mm -hmm. hope that this will kind of reach those kinds of people that are, like, we... It's like, I think, in a lot of ways, like, we're really sensitive. Like, Mm -hmm. we're really... um,
1: Yeah, that empathy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember... And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, and this has mm-hmm. actually been kind of a tough thing for me to get over, was, like, I remember when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. there'd be a, a kid in my class who got hurt and was crying, mm-hmm. and I would start to tear up.
1: Same here. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it was just, like, I'm like, what? I'm like this isn't happening to mm-hmm. me. Like, why am I so upset about it? But yeah. it was because, like, I was feeling what he was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, and I don't, you don't have to have, I think, that level of empathy for yeah. people to do OT, but it's you do need to feel what people feel and you do need yeah. to be able to put yourself in their shoes.
1: No, I agree. And I feel like as a child like like you said like I would notice things like kids eating alone at lunch or things like that and I remember that it like would physically hurt me. I felt like I was like taking on mm, their yeah. pain and you yeah. like don't realize what that is at that age. You're just like I hate how this feels. I don't like feeling this. Yeah. And then as an adult it is actually really helpful, and especially going into like, that OT field, it's so important for that for your therapeutic use of self. Because if you don't have that, you can't really, yeah. you know, you now can't you, do you it. you
0: therapeutic use of self, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'll try to <laughs> explain it. But if... Yeah. I mean, I, I want to hear your take on it, too. Mm-hmm. So, therapeutic use of self, we talk about it a lot in class. And it's, mm-hmm. like, the way that your personality shines through in mm-hmm. how you give therapy. So... Mm-hmm it's kind of like showing the best of your personality in a therapeutic way to help the patient.
1: Yeah. No, I,
0: or however, how would you put it?
1: Pretty much the same. I think just utilizing your traits and your personality in a way to make your therapy more efficient and more effective. Yeah. And obviously we all have a million different pieces of our personality and all these different things and you might not use maybe your sense of humor with a certain client, but you would use it with someone else. But Mm -hmm. I think generally Mm -hmm. just having that empathy and that understanding and those general things are like that therapeutic use of self, but all those other things that make us unique as people, you'll use in different ways with different clients. So that's another thing with therapeutic use of self, like I remember being pounded into our heads Mm -hmm. by our um, instructors, but meeting people where they're at and that's a huge part of therapeutic use itself, so.
0: And our our teachers really showed that well, because each of mm-hmm. them were very different. Oh, yeah. So our, I don't know if I've, I don't think I talked about them in the in- introduction, mm-hmm. but Joanne is the program director. I'm hoping yeah. to have her on. Yeah. And then Brittany does field work, but uh, is also an educator. And then mm-hmm. Kathy is another OTA-like, mm-hmm. uh, and she's practicing quite a bit oh, in yeah. the field. But she also is like an adjunct <laughs> professor. Mm-hmm. And, and there's Anna oh yeah and Anna just came on yeah yep and what is she I don't remember what she works in
1: so Anna's home health home health but the cool thing about Anna and I mean that just says I think it kind of speaks volumes about OT practitioners in general is that she was actually that counselor
0: yes if you remember yeah working in schools
1: yeah and she just realized like kind of a similar situation that I'm sure we've all experienced where you realize that that's not really what you want, and not what drives your passion for helping people. And so she actually yeah. went back to school for OT. So I thought that was we have a really well-rounded staff in our program. I yes, think. so yeah. that's when, helpful. Uh,
0: I know Joanne. Her a lot of her emphasis. She's like an expert in dementia care. Mm-hmm. She knows everything there is to know about that. Yeah, and has worked in it quite extensively.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, Brittany works a lot with like neuro patients, so yeah. stroke patients. Or people that have had spinal cord injuries, mm-hmm. and and we take all of our classes as per their like m- emphasis. Yeah. Or what they're, so they they're teaching really what in. they're
1: not only passionate about is, but like what they're so knowledgeable on. Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of set up for success in that way because, I mean, taking neuro from Brittany, she's she works in it. She's amazing at it and she's also she's a certified brain injury specialist which is a huge yeah. accomplishment and adding those letters behind your name is something i know a lot of us kind of want to do eventually so mm-hmm. i mean that i think it's pretty great that we have experts teaching yeah. us these classes so
0: one well, thing yeah. i one thing i didn't realize even coming into the program is how much you can specialize in oh yeah so you could become like a, th- a certified hand therapist mm-hmm. As an OTA, yeah. which I didn't, I thought only OTs could do that, but actually mm-hmm. CODAs can as well.
1: Yeah. And I had no, no clue even before we started our program that that was a thing. Like I, I feel like I had a general idea of OT, but I hadn't like no clue how deep it goes and how like many different areas we can work in and what we can do with that. Mm-hmm. So that part is pretty nice. They yeah. kind of let us know a lot of that from the jump what yeah. we could do so when
0: i think each person can kind of find their like their niche like mm-hmm. they can find what they really like and what yeah. they want to emphasize what they want their emphasis to be on yeah like i did my shadowing in um a lot of uh, a, a pediatric clinic oh, so yeah. i was helping kids a lot and i mm-hmm. realized like that i don't want to do that but then mm-hmm. i did some i mean i do some of it if if needed of course yeah but, um I worked in a skilled nursing facility. I did some shadowing there. Mm. And I was like, I really love this. Mm-hmm. Like I could do this all day yeah. long. So, and I think that's where shadowing can be.
1: So important. That's so
0: important. So and that's important. Why, they're, why they require it for you to apply.
1: Yeah. And I like that Joanne kind of specifies, do it in different settings if you can. Yeah. Um, I worked with geriatrics for both my shadowing experiences and i remember emailing her and asking is that okay but one of mine was skilled nursing like yours <clears throat> and the other one was home health so it was different settings but the same population mm, but yeah. i mean joanne was fine with that as long as we were kind of looking at the difference between the settings not just the population yeah. so
0: yeah,
1: that was pretty well i think t-
0: something that was I would um, emphasize for someone who's looking into it mm-hmm. is to go to as many places as you can.
1: Yes, don't just do the two. Yeah. I wish I had shadowed yep. in like four other places beforehand because your fieldwork goes by so fast. Yes. Those two one-week ones your first year go by so fast mm-hmm. and there's so many different settings that you haven't had a chance to work in so you don't know if you want to. Yeah. So shadow as much as you can, I think.
0: Yeah. So our requirement was <clears throat> to to do at least two different settings mm-hmm. for field work but and i don't know what it is for other schools Mm-mm. i didn't really research that before that but i could no. i could look that up for a future for a future episode yeah um but yeah i mean i think the more you can get the better off you'll be and you'll mm-hmm. kind of know where you want to fit in oh yeah and what works with your personal like personality
1: mm-hmm. and, and i think too um if you can obviously you're kind of at their you're It's up to them when you shadow somewhere, you're just kind of grateful that you get that opportunity. But if you are given a choice or if you can, I would definitely do like some shadowing with a CODA and some shadowing with an OTR because Mm -hmm. I did and I got both. So I got to shadow at the skilled nursing, um, the OT, which was amazing because she let me sit on on like care conferences and treatment and all the things so she was wonderful i got to see all the aspects of it Um, and i also got to shadow some codas there but when i was doing my home health shadowing it was just with a coda and i think obviously shadowing an otr is so important but shadowing a coda is so different because that's exactly what you'll be doing Mm -hmm. and you get to ask you know you can ask what schooling is like and you can ask all those questions that an otr might not know because their schooling is obviously different Uh, so if you can, I would for sure shadow with at least a coda for one of those because it makes a difference. I think. I
0: th- I think so too. Yeah. I shadowed with a coda, um. Who I she'd been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Me and Caitlin. Who's oh yeah. Girl in our cohort uh, shadowed with the same person, mm-hmm. and the the experience was very different. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of paperwork involved with going with an OTR, mm-hmm. so. And that, those are the ones that get the master's degree. We're getting yeah. an, an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and the, the emphasis is very different the, oh, where the yeah. treatment is the same mm-hmm. and the goals are the same and everything in the treatment plans. But the, it seems to like a code of kind of flavors it a little bit differently mm-hmm. or
1: it's like the process, the treatment process. We take different steps Yeah, for our, you know, mm-hmm. our path. And so it's good to know what they do. It's good to know about all that paperwork and insurance because it's vital. We don't get paid without that, but yeah, yeah, we do the fun stuff. So it's fun to share that.
0: Between the OTR and the CODA are Mm -hmm. so important.
1: Oh my gosh. Vital. I, on my first field work, I um, was with a CODA in the schools and not for me, but I'm so (laughs) thankful for the experience because I learned so much from that. And like seeing her relationship with her, O T R. He just, he, she had full service competency. She'd been doing it forever and she really trusted her and she had a lot more responsibility than like we would starting out yeah. because I mean that service competency is vital, but can it was cool what to see. Service
0: competency is. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt.
1: No, you're good. So that is when we, it's basically when we can do the same task as our supervising OTR and get the same results. So if we do like a, um, an assessment, like a standardized assessment and they were to do it, right next to us or right after us that our results will be the same so yes. once you get that service competency you're kind of given more responsibility you know so because mm-hmm. cool. they trust you because their name is on all the paperwork at the end of the day so yep. it's really their license on the line if we don't have that and we do something and mess up you know obviously we're we at risk but their whole license is on the line because yeah. of us so that's well, why it's so important
0: an important thing to note right here is that a CODA a certified occupational therapy assistant works under the license mm-hmm. of their supervising occupational therapist yeah i think that's i think that's some again that's something i didn't really understand me either until until school started so yeah that's an important uh a thing to to emphasize oh yeah but is there anything else that you wanted to say about that about shadowing or
1: no i don't think so i think <clears throat> Sorry. You're okay. I think um cuz I've had one of the incoming class um cohort one of those students um his mom has actually reached out to me because oh, cool. I I used to work for her at her daycare and she knew I was in the program um and she's asked about like where I do shadowing so I think if you're going into like a program or you're looking into it don't be afraid to like reach out to the program director or um even if you can get in touch with some of the second years or first years or whatever and kind of reach out to where they've gotten their shadowing done because it it is kind of stressful to try to get all these places and contact them and do all that. And also don't be afraid to get on Facebook and message them. I feel like I had the most communication with people through their Facebook pages for their different facilities. Mm -hmm. When I would call them, it wasn't always like that easy to get. Yeah. Hey, can I talk to the OT or whatever? You know, they're treating people. So yeah, they're busy. That, yeah, mm-hmm. that Facebook messaging or even an email or anything is kind of, for me, it was the most effective form of communication to get those all set up opposed to calling because they can't always answer.
0: Yeah, that's really so. good advice. That's something I didn't do. Yeah. I worked mostly through the um, academic advisor, oh, through Tiffany Ellsbury at Idaho State oh, University yeah. the College of Technology.
1: She's awesome. She
0: was pivotal mm-hmm. i want to get her on here but sh- we're <laughs> still working out some details hopefully she can come on but, yeah um but yeah um for applying um mm-hmm. i want to go over a few things so uh first if you're if you're looking into applying for school be sure that you understand the prerequisite classes you need to take mm-hmm. the shadow hours um and then like deadlines for applications oh, and yeah. the fees and you can find those pretty much at any universities. Site, mm-hmm. you just have to find um, a certified or what is it like a accredited program.
1: Oh yes, and you Very can find important. that through the AOTA, I
0: mm-hmm. believe. Um, but yeah, anything else that you would any advice you'd give to someone who's applying to make that a little bit easier?
1: Hmm, I think talk to the advisor and talk to the director. I didn't yes. do those things. Um, <laughs> I because I was like. I think I had like two months to get everything done when I had decided that I wanted to do the program. Oh, wow. So it was just me doing it. And I feel like it would have been a lot less stressful if I had done what you did and, you know, met with Tiffany because she's such an awesome resource, resource and she's so amazing. But I see people tour our program a lot and yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't either. And so I think if you have the time, meet with the advisor because they'll just lay it all out for you black and white, exactly what you need to do. There's no guessing. And if you tour the um, program, the program director i mean joanne's awesome with all the people yes. who tour and she's very you know transparent with this is what we do you can sit in on a class you can really see if this is going to work for you she's honest and i think utilize those resources don't do it on your own because it's already stressful enough like waiting yeah to find out if you got in and doing all those things don't make the whole process stressful just ask for help And I feel like it'll go by a lot Mm -hmm. faster and easier for everyone.
0: Yeah. And I think if you call a university and you just ask if you could talk with the directors, Mm -hmm. most of them are going to be, well, I think all of them have to be OT practitioners.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
0: so they're really nice people. Mm Oh, (laughs) yeah. You don't need to be afraid to to call and talk to Mm -hmm. them about anything that you're having concerns about. I know we've seen Joanne take lots of time with people outside the program, Mm -hmm. even if there's a class going on she'll bring them into class Mm -hmm. so that they can see sitting um, on the class yeah yeah Yeah, and I I mean I really wish I had known that before (laughs) going in because I totally would have done that
1: yeah and I think it was
0: I didn't think of it as an option but yeah
1: I think I was like almost done with my application and at that point I think I had emailed Tiffany like one question and she told me um to tour or something along those lines Mm -hmm. and I think by then I had already like gotten my application I had decided that that's what I wanted my application was like ready to send in and so I didn't schedule it because I figured I'd tour it once I got in I guess (laughs) but yeah I wish I had earlier because I feel like I would have it would have been a lot of a smoother process I guess yeah not as stressful
0: well I I know if I would have known better what I was going into, I think I would have probably felt more comfortable in the first week. Wouldn't have been so stressful. Oh
1: my gosh. That orientation was terrifying. Holy
0: smokes. Terrifying. Wow. And crazy. Again, this is kind of further down the road for maybe many of you, but, um, but the, the first, the first few weeks or first few days are pretty stressful. So Mm -hmm. buckle up, but that's the way it's designed. You Mm -hmm. know, they kind of need to, Gear you up for what's to come. Yes. And, I mean, you're going to face that out in the real world. You're oh, going to yeah. have tons of things that change and are inconsistent. You have to adapt. Like,
1: that's our whole career yeah. is yep. adapting to situations. Yep. And I think when they're first saying all those things in the beginning of, we do this all for a reason. And at first you're like, no way. Like, you're just being yeah. jerks. And then you get like a month in and you're like, wow, I'm so glad I did that. Yes. And I'm glad that they did it that way. So. hmm. It all works out. They really do have a plan. Just do it. Just dive in, do your best, and yeah, it'll be great.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Anything else, any other advice you'd give for someone who's thinking about doing occupational therapy as a career?
1: Mm. Other than shadowing. I mean, make sure your heart's really in it. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's really what you want. And do that by shadowing and do the program tour and talk to students i think i've had one person reach out to our club who was interested in our program so look for the clubs too that's the best way to contact the students that are in the program already
0: because you you really find like information about the club i don't even know
1: yeah no you're good if you look on um for our college, it's like the student activities board. If you just like go on your the college website and search mm-hmm. the clubs, usually you can find like an OT club somewhere. Like we have, I mean, I think we're actually the only one technically through our student activities board. The other one is like a professional organization. But yeah, just Google or get on the college page and look up the clubs and then reach out. Because they always have like my information, I believe, is on. That page. If you click on our club, it says like Joanne's email and it says mine. So, I mean, we're always happy to help out. You know, we've been through it. So we're, we're ready to share like the love and not just leave you yeah. guys high and dry. Because if you really don't know what you're getting into and you're not prepared and you really don't have a passion for it, you won't make it. Like I feel Like this first year tested us all so much yeah, and in so many different ways. And if we really didn't have such a passion for what we were doing, there's like, I would not have made it.
0: Well, I know like what was helping me was like how engaging all the labs were and Mm -hmm. like and how how relevant it is to our future career. It's not I've never felt like any of this was busy work. No. But well, we're in the midst of the coronavirus right now is when it, this comes out. So we had to yeah. do like our last third or so oh, of yeah. our semester all online. So hard. And that was tough. And some of that felt like a little bit of busy work, but that mm-hmm. was just kind of ca- the name of the game. But yeah, the whole rest of the program, I've never felt like I'm just doing this just to do it. Like yeah. it's all been very relevant and very mm-hmm. beneficial to mm-hmm. my own learning and, and progression. And I can't say that about my my undergrad you know about getting my bachelor's yeah, degree it was oh all, my gosh yeah you know, doing general studies and you learned like, all
1: about like cultures of southeast asia and <laughs> yeah you know like photography like i don't i'm not going to use that
0: but, <laughs> so. yeah and i think that's useful information but mm-hmm. it's not i mean I, I would rather not have to spend so much time on that Yeah. i'm happy to go i'd love to go visit those places I'll learn about yes, the culture that exactly. way exactly
1: no i think It's more pressure in a way because you know that you need to know it. You know, like you're not, it's not like one of those other classes where you can kind of like, it's just rote memory and then you can regurgitate it on a test and call it a day and never think about it again. This is stuff we'll be using forever. Like I keep all of my PowerPoints and I save all the online resources to my computer because I know that one day we'll use them. Mm -hmm. So in a way it's more pressure because you know that you, you need to know it. They're not just teaching you to teach you like, yeah. You're supposed to be a professional one day, so. Yep. But it makes it all worth it because you do work harder because you love it. And it means so much more when you do get good grades and you get that good feedback. It really means more when it's from like respected professionals in your career.
0: Mm -hmm. So. And they'll, I mean, and they, they have that credibility to tell you this is good or this isn't. Yeah. Or someone who's maybe like a tenured professor Mm who has been out of that field for 30 years plus, yeah. just, just been teaching. Mm-hmm. They don't have like the relevant update yeah. information. updated information. Exactly. Like an OTA, OTA director or professor mm-hmm. would. So, um, yeah. yeah. But good luck to everybody out there. Yeah. Um, if you have any questions, you can reach out to OTA Aspirations Podcast at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer any of your questions. I don't know if you want to put any of your information out there. Yeah, for people to um,
1: ask. sure. My email is jonesh one at I-S-U E-D-U and me or the vice president or really anyone else will answer any questions we get. So cool. Yeah,
0: cool. Um, anything else you'd like to go over? Anything that you thought about?
1: I don't think so. Just know that this is it and know that it's great. And you'll make a difference in people's lives and Absolutely. work hard and mm-hmm. it'll be over before you know it. So, yep. Enjoy it's gone it. fast. We're <laughs> halfway
0: through and it's gone really fast. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, being here, Shannon. I really you. appreciate it. Yeah. It was fun. All right. Bye everybody. Okay. And that is our episode for today. A big thank you to Shannon Jones for joining me. Um, And thank you to Anchor for supporting this episode of OTA Aspirations. If you have any questions or comments, or if there's anything that you'd like to have covered in future episodes, please email OTA Aspirations Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at OTA Aspirations Podcast. I will talk to you in the next episode.